Welcome back to another podcast edition here on the Burnt Orange Nation Network. Cameron Parker here alongside Wes Scott Eberts. Uh, still trying to workshop a, uh, a podcast and maybe we can get some help from some of our listeners maybe on the website too as well. For sure. Yeah. Uh, good to be here again, Cameron. I think before we get started off, uh, I think we need to we need to talk about you and scooters. Uh, I was hoping we were going to avoid that. We had a couple. The only question, I think the only question we got on our, our twit, our tweet was from um, Andy Wall, of course, and Becca Rushworth and Jordan Canyon with Longhorn Network, who I, I interned with my senior year at UT and uh, had a bit of a scooter accident my, my senior year the day before. Uh, Thanksgiving or the night before Thanksgiving, and uh, I cut myself up pretty good on on my forehead, left a left a pretty big scar. And Andy Wall um, made me promise to never ride a scooter again. And I broke that, but I did it for my graduation photos, just because you know you kind of have to make fun of yourself, right? Right. But no, no more, no more time on the scooters since then. No, um, no more time. Uh, kind of learned my lesson. I All right. So I mean, so you haven't disappointed Andy because that's that's a bad thing, right? Like that's, that's not something that you want. No, no, I, I, no. Disappointing Andy is like disappointing <laughs> your mom. It's, you know, it's just like, you feel just as bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'd expect so. I mean, and we know those are dangerous. David Hamilton lost the whole season. Yeah, Torres ACL. Yeah. yeah. Torres, no, Torres Achilles. I think. Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. Torres yeah. Achilles. Yeah. Lost, lost the season there. And, you know, fortunately I, I think, I've seen that he's doing well. I think he's stolen like 50 plus bases in the, in the minor leagues and uh, you've learned your lesson. So um, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm sure Andy will be too. Yeah. I'm not selling any bases like uh, Mr. Hamilton is, but um, I'm definitely, definitely taking easy, but, but yeah, as we're, um, we're recording this here on, on Thursday night. So it was Texas place rice on Saturday. And we touched on, our, our Monday podcast about Casey Thompson. I know you want to open up talking about Casey Thompson this week. I uh, had his press conference with the media this week. And, you know, I, everything he says, he feel, you know, I love the kid. I love Hudson Carr too, but he's just so, so poised. And I just wonder, you know, what did you get out of his press conference this week? Yeah, I think one of the first experiences that I have when, um, you know, we get a chance to talk to Casey Thompson is that I have to remind myself that, just because he's good with the media doesn't necessarily mean anything about his ability on the playing field. Um, And I I think Brian Davis had a little bit of pushback because he was talking about, you know, the emotional and and, um, kind of uh, mental preparation that, that Casey Thompson has that, that really comes through in those press conferences, you know, that, that is really impressive. And, and so I think there is a little bit of, of carryover from, from the type of, of things that, you know, Casey Thompson is able to say and, and how interesting he is. And, um, you know, Hudson Card just not, not really being quite as polished, but, you know, I think some of it also may, you know, go into some of the, the leadership issues, you know, that we really saw like emerging from Hudson with his demeanor on the sidelines. And, you know, to me, Sark was really trying to excuse a lot of that, you know, talking about how you're not in the huddle anymore. So some of that stuff doesn't matter very much. But if you're if you're in a hostile environment like that and you're a new quarterback and, and you're struggling a little bit and you need your team to believe in you, you can't just sit on the sideline and not talk to anybody between possessions. Like to me, that that that's completely unacceptable. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's it was definitely odd, and I know that's his personality. He's very laid back, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you're not if you're not a big vocal guy, that's not who you are, and it's hard. I bet as a freshman, especially following Sam, you know, Sam was the leader, you know, for the past four years, and it's it's probably a, a big shift, I think, for this Texas team to go from Sam to Hudson. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, very very different personalities, and you know what Sark was always saying was that. You know, the benefit with, with Hudson is that he's always very even keeled on the field. Um, I think that's fine. Unfortunately, he wasn't even keeled enough on the field and, and he got he got disrupted. But, you know, I think it's kind of one of those things where it's almost like you just start trying to fake it until you actually develop that persona that you have to have because I feel like that's really important for any quarterback, especially a quarterback, you know, at Texas where, you know, I, I think Hudson really needs to push himself to get out of his comfort zone and just interact with his teammates. Just talk, talk them up a little bit, or at the least he should be, you know, asking his wide receivers, you know, what did you see out there was, you know, was there something that, that I was missing? Like, even if he's not going to be a raw, raw guy, there has to be a higher level of communication yeah. that happens on the sideline with him if he's going to be the Texas starting quarterback again at some point. But, you know, right right now it's Casey Thompson. And so I just wonder, um, you know, what are you most interested in seeing from from Casey on Saturday? Yeah, so what we've seen from Casey Thompson, you know, uh, I think Cody Daniel, of course, he had a great stat where Casey has led a, uh, a scoring drive nine out of his ten drives this year. Or not this year, but in his Yeah, but the thing with Casey is that, you know, against Louisiana and against Rice, he was – or not Rice, against Arkansas, he was playing, you know – the game was out of hand. That's a better way to say it. The game was already out of hand. You know, Arkansas, they had already won the game when he came in. So he's looked really good. Now I want to see what he looks like against the ones, right, in the beginning of the game when, you know, Rice is fired up. And we'll get to Rice a little bit later on. But, you know, I'm not sure if this is a really good matchup. But we're going to learn a lot about this Texas team from Rice. But when we get to Texas Tech and Casey Thompson, if he's still starting, I think we're going to see a lot. We're going to learn a lot about him versus the ones, and especially when we get to TCU because he's looked great. I, I, we talked about it on Monday, how, you know, how his demeanor looked, looked so calm. The offense just started flowing, you know, smoothly immediately as soon as he came in on the field. But we haven't seen him, you know, start yet. And that, that's the thing I'm kind of interested in against Rice and, you know, hopefully against Texas Tech. Yeah, and I think kind of the um, – to the extent that you can say this about, you know, a guy who's, a, you know, started off, spent three years as a backup, didn't win the starting job. I, I think there's this kind of uh, like legend growing around Casey Thompson with his preparation. And so he, he was talking about in, in preseason camp, how, you know, his self scouting, he went back, he watched all of his starting snaps in high school. He watched all of his practice film at Texas, his limited game film at Texas. And then he would even record some of his throwing sessions, you know, if he was with his friends or, or with his teammates or, you know, whoever he's going out practicing with. And so he went back and, and watched all of that, which is, you know, kind of incredible to me. And then he was talking this week about, you know, his kind of schedule for, you know, watching film really heavily during the week, you know, at the end of the week, going back and, and looking at, you know, the the game sheet and, and some of the situational type of plays, you know, to get him ready. And he's definitely proven, you know, through the last three games that he's appeared in from the Alamo Bowl, you know, into this season that 
that he's been really prepared mentally and to, to come on the field and, and have success. But at the same time, you know, one of the things that I think has flummoxed Texas a little bit is that, you know, they came into the Louisiana game and Louisiana was running stuff on defense that they hadn't put on film before. And Arkansas switched up their defensive scheme mm-hmm. quite significantly from the Rice game to the Texas game. Some of that may just be because the Rice and Texas offenses are very different. But, you know, almost certainly – when Casey Thompson goes into this rice game, he's going to see stuff from the rice defense that he hasn't prepared for. And so I wonder, you know, how he can respond to those situations and if he can maintain, you know, that composure that, that he showed so far. Yeah. And like you mentioned, like his ability to prepare for every game really just speaks a lot about him. And I, I think after the Colorado game last year in the Alamo Bowl and his press conference afterwards, I, I believe it was him. He told the media that, yeah, every game this year I prepared as if I was going to be the starter. And I'm sure, you know, every quarterback probably has that in their mind where they, you know, they want to prepare for it. But it just seems like Casey's been ready for this moment. And like he said in his his, his uh, interview where, you know, once Hudson was named the starter, he had his mentality was I'm going to have to go out there and take it. And, you know, of course, you can say all the right things, but I love that about a player. And he's backed it up on the field so far through two games. And now we're going to see what it looks like these next few games. And I think the defensive matchups against Rice and Texas Tech will will favor Casey a little bit more than, than Hudson Card, even though I think Hudson's going to be, you know, a fine quarterback down the line. That's another discussion for another time. But I think Casey can probably pull away from this 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 quarterback battle these next two weeks. I think it favors him. We talked about it with a few of our, our Burn Orange Nation members where it feels like Casey can really pull away if he continues to play the way he did against Rice, I'm sorry, against Arkansas, against Louisiana, even back to Colorado. Yeah, definitely. So another thing that Sark brought up in his press conference today was talking about um, – making plays when the opportunities present themselves. And he wants to see the team a little bit more disciplined. And, and one thing that's kind of been touched on is the communication problems, you know, not just on the offense and the offensive line, but the defense too. You know, they struggled against Rice. Or I'm, I keep saying Rice instead of Arkansas. Oh, my goodness, it's number three now. Against the Arkansas, this rushing attack where there was a, a few times where – Arkansas would go to an empty set for KJ Jefferson and you're screaming like it's going to be a run it's going to be a quarterback run and there seems to be some miscommunication throughout the game and the offensive line too just seemed to really struggle against a three-man front do you think we talked about the scheme earlier this week but is this scheme is it, it just is it too much right now especially for a group of guys that are you know that are played together for you know a while now these are upperclassmen in this offensive line yeah yeah, I mean, the offensive line, it's, you know, especially, um, you know, it's especially disappointing because those have been continuing issues that they've had over a number of years now. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian brought in Kyle Flood because of his ability to develop the offensive line. And, and frankly, you know, we haven't seen any of that so far. There you know, a number of guys who have, who have regressed. Um, and, you know, that's really disappointing. But, you know, I think the big question going into the Rice game on, on both sides of the ball is whether those communication issues are illustrative of deeper, more significant issues 
or whether it was just a situation where they were in, you know, maybe the loudest environment that they've played in, you know, in their Texas careers on the road. I mean, that, that was really something in, in Fayetteville, you know, this weekend, but I, I think beyond the offensive line, you know, the defensive communication issues were disappointing to me because, you know, Keandre Coburn, you know, I remember him talking about how, you know, he's tried to take, you know, a leadership role where he's communicating, you know, back with the linebackers, you know, about the plays, you know, Brendan Schooler was talking about, the importance of, of communication and, and the level of trust, you know, that he has with, you know, BJ Foster, you know, I'm not sure if Jaron Thompson is quite on that same page and, you know, he played a lot more than, than Brendan Schooler, but, you know, that's something that DeMarvin Overshone, you know, really talked about that they're trying to clean up this week. And, you know, certainly that that's easier at home. Um, and so against a team like Rice, you know, Texas is really in a situation where, um, it's completely unacceptable to have any communication breakdowns, you know, at all in the environment that they're going to be in on Saturday. Arkansas was averaging, I think, 7.2 yards per rush in the first half. And I thought at first the effort level was great, um, you know, from the get go. But too many big runs were given up. You know, they had Arkansas had a 34 yard rush in the first half and they had a 22 yard rush. Um, they just seem to really struggle with that throughout the entire game. But a second half, uh, Coach Sark talked about how after they gave up that touchdown following um, the UT touchdown, the defense kind of just deflated and kind of gave up. And that might have just been fatigue from being on the field for so much. And some people have, have, you know, talked about maybe the effort level. We talked about the communication problems. What did you think of the effort level in that Arkansas game? Yeah, I I think the the thing that concerns me is that if fatigue was really the problem, you know, I'm not sure why they have the majority of their missed tackles in the first half. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's where, you know, it, it doesn't really square for me. And you know, I went back and, and looked at the possession numbers and, you know, for all of the Texas offensive struggles, you know, it wasn't a situation where, you know, they're, you know, maybe one of the advantages of, you know, playing at a slower pace is that even if you're struggling offensively, you know, you're not having, you know, 42nd minute long possessions. And so, you know, Texas didn't have that much of a disadvantage in time of possession. So, you know, I don't think that that they necessarily got worn out just by how much Arkansas was on the field. Maybe, you know, some of the big bodies and, and having to deal with, you know, that big Arkansas, you know, offensive line and, and a big tight end, you know, maybe some of that made an impact, but, you know, some of the narrative that was, you know, emerging from, you know, from Sark in, a, in his press conference, I'm, I'm not sure that, that it really completely aligns with what I saw on, on the field happening. You know, I, I definitely think that, when Texas got in that big hole, there, there was a sense of, you know, that, that extra level mental toughness, you know, that they need to have. But, you know, I, I thought, you know, they, they have to tackle better when they're fresh and they were fresh in the first half and they didn't tackle well enough. Yeah. And Arkansas, they can, they dictated the game offensively. They ran when they wanted to run and they, and they threw when they needed to throw And KJ Jefferson, he only had 18 attempts. I think he was 12 for 18, if I'm correct. And the way they beat Arkansas was you had to let KJ beat them with his arm. And he had, he had that one good throw that set up 
that touchdown drive right after Texas had scored. But besides that, you know, they were just pounding the ball down their throat. And it seemed by the end they were just sick of it. Like when Rocket Sanders had that touchdown run and, and B.J. Foster, instead of trying to tackle him, he was trying to, you know, strip the ball from him. And that allowed Sanders to score from the 10-yard line instead of setting up, you know, first first and goal. It just seemed like this Texas defense was just tired and uh, just, just not tired, but just tired of you know what Arkansas was doing, and you got to give credit to I think Sam Pittman, just their their game plan, and and Kendall Briar, Kendall Bryles too, excuse me, they just you know they had a better game plan, and so speaking, yeah, they, yeah, sort it, it reminded me a little bit of some of the losses that Texas had to, to Kansas State, like in the early yeah. two, in the early twenty tens, where you know they they didn't have a great defensive game plan. They didn't have enough mental toughness. They got worn out, you know, and they just kind of got they got run over. Yeah, and that's that's concerning, especially under Pete Kwiatkowski, where we heard so many good things about him coming in this year, about what he's going to do with the defense and all the fundamentals and tackling. And the, the first week, you know, I felt like all the missed tackles came on that one touchdown play for for the Cajuns, but then double that in week two, and a lot of that came. In the first half, which is surprising considering Arkansas ran so much the entire game. And it's in the first half when you're having trouble bringing down their tailbacks and, and bringing down Jefferson. So hopefully it's just, you know, like you mentioned, just like it's just one game. It was a hostile environment. I don't think any of these guys had really played in an environment like that. I'm trying to think of, you know, the, the biggest road test they've had, like maybe – Oklahoma State might be might be kind of similar, but you know I, I think just the amount of the intensity and, and the venom from from Arkansas fans is, you know, if, if Texas went up and, and played in Oklahoma, you know, it might be like that. Yeah, Cotton Bowl is a little bit like that, but it's only you know it's half and half, and so momentum can swing it you know in a way that's you know not possible in a in a road environment like that. So as we switch to this matchup against the Rice Owls on Saturday, Rice has lost a fun interesting stat thanks to Phil Steele. They've lost their last 15 games against Power 5 opponents by 30 points per game. And just asking you, I know it's kind of a it's a kind of a mismatch when you look at it on paper, but what's the Texas game plan that they need to have to continue that Power 5 streak against Rice of scoring or winning by more than more than 30? Yeah, there's a couple of things that I, you know, I'd really like to see. Um, you know, one of them is using outside zone more frequently. Um, that's what the the Texas offensive line does really well. It's it's what fits Bijan Robinson's skill set. Uh, Ian Boyd had this stat today. And I think it was four carries for 17 yards in outside zone last week after they ran it 15 times for 110 yards against Louisiana. And Bijan Robinson, out of his 19 carries, only had two in outside zone which went for six and seven yards. And, you know, I understand that, that Sargis talked about having a more versatile, um, you know, scheme for the offensive line, but at the same time, you're in the business of, of putting your positions, putting your players in the best position. Yeah. To and if you're not running outside, outside zone more frequently, then, you know, frankly, you're not doing that. And um, so I'm looking for that. Um, I'm also looking for being able to hit those, more explosive plays downfield, those shot plays that, you know, we talked about Hudson Card was missing. You know, if Casey Thompson can do that, then I think he has a good chance of winning the job. Uh, we talked about Joshua Moore getting more involved, two catches for 17 yards this year. They need more from him as a fourth-year player. And then especially the the defensive game plan from Pete Kwiatkowski, 
you know, tech, uh, Rice is a, a very run-heavy team. They come out in a lot of heavier personnel packages, um, and so that means that you know Texas will probably play more um, in a in a four-three defense. You know, with a Sam linebacker on the field and, and with a nickel off the field um, than they have. But you know, I, I just want to see him be more aggressive to play with a single high safety against Rice because he can't throw the ball very well. And if Rice wants to make plays, make them beat you over the top instead of allowing some of those underneath throws that I think helped KJ Jefferson kind of really get, get his footing in this game, you know, and, and move the ball. And I, I just think that's, that's was, it was a bad game plan against Arkansas. And if they want to do something similar against rice, I think it's a, I think it's, it would be a, a bad game plan against rice. I, I think they need to be aggressive. I think they shouldn't allow cushions. And, you know, if, if they're allowing rice to beat them over the top, then, I mean, they have, they have significant issues and that shouldn't be something that happens. Yeah, it should be a very similar game plan to, against Arkansas for this Rice game. Luke McCaffrey, who's going to be starting on Saturday, Nebraska transfer, was in Louisville this spring before coming to Rice. Of course, he's the younger brother of Christian McCaffrey, and Mike Bloomgren was at Stanford with Christian. But he's thrown six interceptions – or I'm sorry, he's thrown – Three interceptions this year, including three against Houston. Rice has six interceptions total if you include Wiley Green, who started against Arkansas in week one. I don't know if we're going to see any of him against Texas. And McCaffrey, more of a running quarterback when he was at Nebraska. They would usually bring him in and run like a read option or a quarterback to sign run play. And, you know, he can, he can throw it pretty well, but he's better – on the run versus in the pocket from what I, from what I saw, but he's going to turn the ball over at least once a game. He had three interceptions against Illinois uh, 2020 season. So I think if Texas needs to force him to make some mistakes and Sarkeesian talked about it in his press conference today, that he wants to see Texas take uh, advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. And one of those is getting to McCaffrey, this, this rice team, of course, you know, they're always been a heavy run football offense, you know, from what I can remember, but you know they're not their, they're not your grandmother's rice team, not even your mom's rice team. They're only averaging 2.8 yards per carry, which from what I found was it's their worst since 2009. If you take away COVID last year, they only played five games, but they averaged 2.8 yards per carry last year as well. So if Rice is able to run the ball like Arkansas did against Texas, then we're going to have a lot of problems. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things about you know, creating turnovers. Texas has only had two this year that they forced. They had the fumble late in the Louisiana game, uh, the B.J. Foster interception. And I, I think part of what, you know, I'm talking about with what I want to see from PK's game plan is that I want them to be more aggressive. And when they're more aggressive and they ask their players to be more aggressive, then I think there's a possibility that they'll be in more positions to make plays against a team that has had all of those turnover issues. And, you know, something that Arkansas wasn't able to do was to put them away very early. And I think there's obviously a certain level of risk in, in being more aggressive like that. But, you know, I think Rice is going to come into this game with confidence because they feel like they played Arkansas as well or better than Texas did. And so I think it's really important for Texas, you know, in the first quarter of this game on Saturday to really come out and be really aggressive and to make Rice feel like they can't play with them. Because if they allow them to hang around and for their confidence to build, um, then Texas 
may not be in a position to accomplish some of the some of the goals that they have, which you know I, I think really should include getting you know some of the backup offensive linemen on the field. You know the the reps that Hudson Card gets, you know, are, are going to be really important. And um, you know, so I, I think this is a game that that's really important for Texas to take care of business uh, to accomplish some of those goals pretty quickly. Yeah, and Rice's uh, junior linebacker Antonio Montero, he said in a press conference this week that their Week One game against Arkansas showed that they can compete with anybody, no matter you know how many five or four stars that Texas may have. So if I'm Mike Bloomgrim, I'm hammering you know that into their minds that hey, Arkansas beat Texas by this much, and we entered the fourth quarter tied with them. And they had they had a good game plan against KJ Jefferson. I thought in that first half, just Jefferson, he also he didn't look sharp too. That might have been it. He missed on a couple throws. Um, he did have that 34-yard touchdown run. Yeah, on, the, on their first drive, and then in the second quarter, they just couldn't move the ball well. And then by the fourth quarter, I think they started figuring things out. But yeah, Wiley Green threw three interceptions on their last four drives, and that kind of killed it. And then against Houston, didn't look too good. Houston was able to move the ball down their throat pretty quickly. Clayton Toon, he, he was actually Houston's leading rusher. For the Cougars, he had 44 of his yards came on, or 40, 44 of his 49 yards came on just one run, and he actually pulled up with a cramp. He could have scored on it, I thought. So I think Thompson should be able to run well against this this Rice team, but also, you know, they're going to be fired up for this game too. You know, it, it's Texas and, and Sarkis touched on. They're going to get the best from every team, and you know, they they could it very well beat Arkansas if you know things turn a little bit differently and and they're probably going to have the same mindset against Texas that you know we can compete so I think like you said come out and come out and attack McCaffrey he hasn't done anything that I've seen you know in the first two weeks or even at Nebraska that should that would make Texas you know afraid of him you know he, he's he's a young quarterback and he can run but you know why not go after him you know why why sit and, and wait around with you know with two high safeties like you know bring the action to him I think yeah, great. Anything else you want to touch on about Rice? I did notice um, in Sark's uh, press conference today, he was asked about the offensive line and uh, what his game plan was. I think he was asked if he was going to keep the same starting five. And classic uh, coach speak didn't even <laughs> answer the question. He, um, I think he talked about just getting more experience with the offensive line. Um, so I know we were kind of hoping to see maybe a little bit of Andre Carrick in and hopefully Hayden Connor. But on Monday, he talked about keeping the same five. And then today, kind of, it sounded like he maybe loosened his stance on it. So obviously against Rice, we're going to see some backups in, hopefully. Um, but I would love to see Carrick or Connor in this game on Saturday just to see what we got. Yeah, no, Tark definitely left the door open for that a little bit more than than he did on Monday, uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, and then um, he did one other thing just to quickly touch on was that he thought that loss stoked a fire within the locker room after, and and I think a lot a lot of overreactions after the loss to Arkansas. Um, but the kind of the more I think about it, the more I feel like this is going to end up being a loss where we look back on and it isn't as bad as we immediately thought it was just because it was a blowout and Arkansas was by far the better team on the field last Saturday than Texas was. But you know, Sark seems to believe that, you know, it kind of woke up 
the Texas team. And that's kind of what I said in our, our BON roundtable this week. I think it's going to serve as a wake up call. And not to say this team is perfect. Now they're going to, you know, compete for a, a playoff spot. But I definitely think we're going to see this team kind of get better every week. Not saying they're going to go out and beat Oklahoma or even TCU at this point. But I think they're they're still going to be a, a team better than what you know we kind of we thought after immediately after that Arkansas loss. But I don't know. What do you think about that? How do you feel? Uh, I think it better have lit a fire under those players. That was a, that was a complete <laughs> embarrassment on Saturday. A complete yeah. embarrassment. I mean, if they have any pride at all, then then it absolutely should have lit a fire under them. And, you know, after in the postgame press conference, you know, Sark mentioned, you know, the, the way that we respond to this is going to define, you know, the team that we are. So yeah. far, apparently they've responded well in practice. Um, now, you know, it's time to go out. You know, in, in about two days from when we're recording this on on Thursday night, and and prove that they learned from it, prove that they can handle some of those communication issues, show better explosiveness in the passing game, and and throttle a Rice offense that, frankly, I, I don't think is very good. They need to kick their butt. Yeah, this if this team is, I mean, even look at the team from twenty nineteen, it wasn't even close. You know, that, that was a pretty good Texas team. I think they were at four one at one point before they lost to. Yeah, Oklahoma, and that's when the defense kind of fell off with, with injuries. But it kind of felt like the same type of Texas team that this game really shouldn't be close when you look at it on paper. And I'm excited to see what Casey Thompson does um, starting. Hopefully, we get to see some more guys from the O line and get some more weapons involved offensively. Besides, you know, Whittington. Like I want to see Whittington Robinson play well, but you know, we got to see more out of Joshua Moore. No pun intended. Got to see more out of. Kelvante Dixon. I want to see more like Xavier Worthy, um, you know, instead of just being Whittington Robinson to rely on. But and, and we'll see what um, you know having Jared Wiley back at, at closer to full strength. Yeah, this offense as well. Well, I want to like to see what uh, Sark does with him and, and see if we see more of Wiley instead of Cade Brewer. Um, but yeah, should be maybe, maybe both at the same time. I think yeah. that you know he likes those two tight end personal packages. Well, cool. I think uh, that touches everything we wanted to talk about today. Uh, Rice Course 7 p.m. kickoff on the Longhorn Network. Uh, still trying to workshop a, a name for this podcast, but uh, you got any any suggestions, feel free to comment. And then we'll be back again Monday, next Monday, following Sarkeesian's Monday presser for another quick uh, about 10, 10, 15 minute recap. I think what we're going to do is every Monday release a podcast right after just recapping Sark's press conference and then doing one every Thursday as well, a little bit more uh, in-depth, maybe talking about the game plans from um, Sark and, and Kwiatkowski. Yep. Awesome. Westcott, well, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Cameron. All right, until next time, thanks for listening.